Good morning and welcome to Thursday morning, March the 16th in 2023 on When I Rise. Today we continue year A, the fourth Sunday in Lent, and on the Thursday of the week, we'd like to take a look at the New Testament letter passage, which comes to us in this week from the Revised Common Lectionary, in this week of the church's calendar year. So we find ourselves out of the book of Romans for a week and into the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. So let me read that passage, provide a couple points for reflection, and then we'll spend our time praying along the theme that we find there. Thanks for making us part of your morning on When I Rise. Let's allow our souls to rise and meet God together in a time of prayer. Ephesians chapter 5, verses 8 through 14. You were once darkness, but now you are the light in the Lord. So live your life as children of light. Light produces fruit that consists of every sort of goodness, justice, and truth. Therefore, test everything to see what's pleasing to the Lord. And don't participate in the unfruitful actions of darkness. Instead, you should reveal the truth about them. It's embarrassing to even talk about what certain persons do in secret. But everything exposed to the light is revealed by the light. Everything that is revealed by the light is light. Therefore, it says, wake up, sleeper, get up from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. This is the word of God for us. I think one of the gifts of the New Testament letters is that we get to see what's going on on the ground, and we get to see how the church tries to navigate some very complex, even complicated social situations in the first century world. You know, the first century world is an anxious world. Uh, Rome was stomping out the world and bringing everybody into submission. Uh, Peace through victory was their rally cry. And so they would move into a place. They would either fight you or, you know, gladly take your submission. And uh, then they would roll in the Greco-Roman world. And because of that, there's new money, there's new language, there was new um, politics, there's new philosophy, there's new religion. And so folks that were trying to resist, they would often double down and their religion was the source of their identity and therefore it was a source of their uh, violent uprising. It was a way for them to try to um, so, some, like somehow retain their, their cultural traditions, right? And so there was this fierce resistance. And so you had this interesting decision to make. Do you cave in and um, accommodate to the Roman machine? Or do you resist, which ultimately led to like a feudal resistance and ultimately to a lot of devastation and hardship and and death? And so how do they navigate all of those things? Um, What we find is that the church tries to do something else. Instead of trying to retain a cultural identity at all costs, um, the Apostle Paul, his theological project is to move into these different lands, move into these different cities that are brimming with all these different cultures and to try to find ways to... um, uh, maybe find a third way, a via media, as we might say it. Uh, so what does he do? He tries to cut across those cultural boundaries, which create exclusion, which ultimately don't honor the thing that Jesus has done on the cross and the resurrection. And so he goes from place to place and he plants these multicultural communities, these churches where there's no longer Jew nor Gentile, male nor female, slave nor free, like these these dividing markers that would sort out different people and different communities, right? Make people greater than and less than. He says, oh no, all of us are going to be one in Christ. Uh, the good thing about that is that if you're on the 
on the, the lesser end of those binaries, you actually have a chance to not only survive, but also find an equal place among people where you never had equality before, right? The challenge with that is how do we begin to negotiate who's in and who's out? Like what is the rubric of what is acceptable, uh, what habits are acceptable, uh, what practices should be retained, and which ones should we exclude because they don't they don't prop up, they don't honor this new humanity that we're trying. And so Paul, in every single letter, he's got to find a way to give some sort of a rubric that's broad enough to include this diverse crowd, but also um, narrow enough to honor the work of Christ. And so I just love this uh, tight little passage here in Ephesians 5, on the backside of the dividing line of Ephesians, where Paul has to like do all the so what. Ephesians 1-3 is this long and winding argument the Jews and Gentiles are in the same family together. Um, as he says in uh, chapter 2, verse 14, the dividing wall of hostility has been removed. All right, so there's no more duplex. Uh, Jews on one side, Gentiles on the other side. But there's not one big old house. And so now there's like all of these ramifications uh, in the ministry context of how they get along with one another. And so Paul says, you got to be people of light. And what he says is like, wherever you see light, claim it. Wherever there's darkness, you renounce it. And that, these might be the two governing ethical challenges of the church in any age, including ours today. What should we reclaim because of what Christ has done at the cross and resurrection, the empty tomb? And what should we renounce? And so here's this one of these locations in the New Testament where Paul says, whatever has light beaming from it, you claim it as Christ's, okay? Because it honors Christ's event. And whatever is darkness, you renounce it, right? And so this is the governing thing that we do age upon age. This is what pastors do in churches. This is what Christian families do in their households. This is what Christian people do when they go into their workplaces and they don't work in a, uh, you know, what would be a straightforward religious environment. Now we have to say, okay, even though I'm not working in a church, there's, there are things that are humming with holiness. And so what do I do with that? And there's some obvious things that are damaging communities. So what do I do with that? And so the call of Paul that he gives to the Ephesian church here in Ephesians 5 is the same call that we have for us today. We have to reclaim and renounce. And as we do so, we continue to honor and to bear witness to what God is doing in the world. This is one of the challenging things I think the New Testament says underneath the surface that the early church, the very first leaders, they were not quite prepared for all the ramifications of what happened um, on Easter Sunday. They weren't prepared. And I think Acts shows this the most, that God seems to be on the loose. He's running um, out there in the world and the church is trying to track him down. And every time they get close to him, they realize they have to let go of some of the boundaries that they used to live by in faithfulness in the past. So what's important is to say, okay, where is the light? And if the light is there, that's where God is. And if that's where God is, then we reclaim it. Wherever there's darkness, we renounce it and we stand against it because we have to declare from the mountaintops that Jesus is raised, that God is in charge, and that Jesus is the Lord of the whole world. And so we have to have the guts during this Lenten season to start with ourselves. Like where is light where there's darkness in my life? We, we challenge the darkness in our own life we embrace the light because that's where God is at work in our lives. And as we do that, and as we get adept at that, then we can, in a leadership function, whether that's leading a couple different people in a group or in our family, or whether that's leading groups of people as like a minister of a church or a ministry leader, either a lay leader or a paid leader, whatever it is, or if we're uh, trying to do this work out in public, 
we begin to develop a sense of what is light, what is dark, what's the rubric, what is light, what is dark, so that we can claim, reclaim those things that have light shining upon it. And we can renounce those things which still sit in darkness and say, those don't belong because God is fixing the world from the midst of its mess. So with those things in mind, let's spend some time praying to our God this morning. Father, Son, and Holy Spirit, we confess to you that it's it's our desire to honor you, and we confess that in a in a fast-paced world like ours, sometimes it's fuzzy and it's it's hard to know what faithfulness looks like um, as we get further and further from church grounds. Um, when we go out into public, um, as we try to engage with the the towering thoughts and the dominating philosophies of the day. Um, on the one hand, we sense that there's light within it. Uh, there's something that resonates. There's the hum of the holy. There's also things that work against what you're trying to do in the world. And so uh, we know that we're constantly learning, that we're constantly repenting and changing our mind in our own life. We're also um, placed among communities, either families or church communities or groups within churches where we have to think together and reason together so that we can be a bit of faithfulness as a community in the world around us. And God, we just know that we don't see it all, but uh, we thank you that you are truth and that you lead us into all truth. And so this day we humble ourselves and we start with ourselves in this season of Lent. We ask, where is there light within us? And where is there darkness within us? Would you help illuminate our own lives, our own souls, so that we can live into the light and we can resist and flee from the darkness? And I pray that as we learn those ways, learn the contours of those two forces, I pray that you give us the way in which to um, gather people and to help reason with one another so we can be led together um, as the body of Christ towards the light and away from darkness. And we think that you love this world. You didn't leave the world sitting in darkness, uh, left to its own demise. But you're redeeming it from its mess. And bit by bit, more light is shining within this world around us. So help us to celebrate that and help us to rejoice. That you're the God who's rescuing and saving, saving us and saving the world around us. So help us to live into that calling fresh and new today, we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.